0: This is the brief from the Economic Times. Насколько мне известно, сегодня утром зарегистрирована впервые в мире зарегистрирована вакцина против новой коронавирусной инфекции. No, you're not listening to the wrong podcast. That was President Vladimir Putin of Russia announcing on 11th August that the country has approved a vaccine for COVID-19 after two months of human trials. It grabbed the world's attention partly because he said one of his daughters has already taken it. She was part of the clinical trials for the vaccine now called Sputnik V, one of about 10 vaccines deemed to be in third phase of clinical trials around the world. Dr. Reddy's Laboratories, the Indian Pharma company, has signed a production agreement with Russia's sovereign wealth fund. This means the final phase of the trials of the vaccine are now underway also in India. And in the best case scenario, we'll get an effective vaccine by the end of 2020. Today, we will be talking more about the global race for the vaccine, the impediments, the financing, and various possible scenarios. From the Economic Times, I'm Srudijit, and this is The Morning Brief. The name of the vaccine, Sputnik V, has some significance. Sputnik was, of course, the first satellite in Earth's orbit. Russia's successful deployment of Sputnik 1 in 1957 is what sparked the beginning of the space race, which ended when Americans landed a man on the moon in 1969. So the name harks back to a glorious era for Russian science and technology. And Putin's politics is very much about restoring the lost glory of the erstwhile Soviet Union. In some ways, the global vaccine race currently underway is very much reminiscent of the space race. The AstraZeneca-Oxford vaccine is the candidate from Europe, there are several candidates from the US and China, there is Sputnik from Russia, and India has several candidates too, although none at the phase 3 trial stage. To discuss more about the vaccine race and its implications for all of us, I invited Divya Rajagopal, our pharma and healthcare reporter based out of Mumbai, to join me on the podcast. Divya, thanks for joining us today. Tell us the significance of this development.
1: Thank you, Shutajit, for having me over. So just to kind of uh, take you through the news uh, development, the Russian Development Investment Fund, which is the sovereign fund of Russia, also known as RDIF, has given the distribution rights of its COVID-19 vaccine, Sputnik five, to India's Dr. Reddy's. Now, according to the deal, Dr. Reddy's uh, will get 100 million doses if the vaccine becomes successful in clinical trials. Now, the significance of this for India is in several factors. First and foremost, that this is the fourth international deal that an Indian vaccine maker has struck. We know in the past that Serum Institute of India has tied up with AstraZeneca. They have also tied up with U.S. vaccine maker called Novavax. Then we have a tie-up of Johnson & Johnson with Hyderabad-based Biological E. And today's announcement of uh, Dr. Edith and Russia becomes the fourth of these international tyres. It's a significant step also from the perspective of all those people who've been waiting for the vaccines to come in because we have one more vaccine candidate that we can look forward to.
0: That's correct.
1: So all in all, from industry perspective, this is a significant development where we are saying that India is the manufacturing hub. And if any international player wants to expand the distribution, they have to come to India. From the consumer point of view, it's like we get one more vaccine to look forward to.
0: We heard in August, Mr. Putin announcing that the vaccine was ready and that his daughter had already taken it and they had conducted two months of human trials. What phase of trials are we talking about now? Are these the final stage of trials?
1: So that's right, Shutajit. We'll just uh, listen quickly what the CEO, Kirill Dimitri, had to say about the entire vaccine development of Sputnik V,
0: And we're definitely looking forward to starting clinical trials also with Dr. Reddy. We believe that we will start clinical trials in India already this month. And then we'll be working closely with regulator to get an approval for Russian vaccine in India as soon as possible. Uh, and then again, we expect delivery to India and to other markets subject to regulatory approval of our vaccine in November. Uh, And we believe it's particularly important to uh, get vaccination going before the winter season uh, in most of the world, because uh, winter season, you know, is obviously high-risk season. So we are rushing to get vaccine uh, going um, and believe that we can supply to key markets in November, December.
1: So as you heard from Kirill Dimitri, CEO of RDIF, it looks like Russia is on its way to officially launched a vaccine by October. And what they tell us is the vaccine might come to India if all the approvals are in place and if the clinical trial goes well by end of this year. So in November, we will see the data coming out from India. This is what the CEO is telling us, that by November we might see the data coming out from India about the safety and efficacy of the vaccine. So interesting days ahead. We are also expecting the data that might come from AstraZeneca and uh, Uh, Serum Institute, who are running their trial in India, that is also expected to come by end of this year. So lots of promises around. We don't know how much of these promises will actually be meant.
0: Tell us a little bit more about the process of trials. When Mr. Putin says his daughter has received the vaccine, does that mean she was part of the trials?
1: So what happened in Russia in August was part of a trial. So all the stories that we heard about Putin's daughter taking a vaccine was also part of a trial. So it was a clinical trial that was done and it was phase one and phase two clinical trial, which was conducted. Now, the usual timeline for any vaccine is five to 10 years. You usually have an animal study where we look at whether this vaccine is safe and animals are used to kind of determine that. And it's also, they look at how much is the efficacy of these vaccines. Basically, does it work or not? Right. Now, after those stages are sort of crossed, you go on to the human trial, which is a phase one, phase two, where phase you take very limited number of people for the trial and you look at, is it safe? Because that is the paramount need for any good vaccine because vaccine is administered on healthy population, unlike a drug, which is given to sick people. So that's what is looked in phase one trial, where you say it's safe or not. Phase two is when you look at efficacy. Any vaccine, a good vaccine should be able to generate antibody response and cellular response antibody response is basically human body's shield to fight against any pathogen that kind of enters the body t cell response is the memory cell your system should be able to remember if it identifies a pathogen that you know what i have seen this pathogen before and i know how to fight it and what we know from the data that's been published by the russian scientists is that the phase 1 phase 2 trial shows that the vaccine was able to generate both antibody and cellular response. So we have to now look at phase 3 trial where this will be conducted on thousands of population and we'll see the data that how effective it actually is.
0: And, and these trials are now underway in India as well? So
1: what we understand is that Dr. Reddy's will be starting off trial this month. This is pretty fast. I mean, if they're saying that they're going to start off the trial this month and what we understand is that they're already in talks with regulators, to kick off the trial. So this phase three trial should be starting off in India this month.
0: And what about the phase three trials for the other vaccine candidates like the AstraZeneca vaccine?
1: Right. Now, we all know that there was a bump in between uh, in the AstraZeneca vaccine trial. The trial had to be paused because one of the trial candidates fell sick. Right. Of course, they resumed it very fast. So in India, also the drug controller has given permission for the trial to start off. But what we understand is that there's still recruitment that is going on. Of course, everybody wanted vaccines, but now actually when companies need trial participants, they're not coming forward. The participants are not around to take part in the trials.
0: Right. Phase three trials mean how many participants typically?
1: So in India, what we see right now with the Serum Institute and the AstraZeneca vaccine is that the trial numbers is 1,600. But globally, AstraZeneca, for example, is recruiting 30,000 people. So they're running a massive global trial in South Africa, in Brazil, in UK, in US. And they're looking at data of around 30,000 people on whether the drug works or not. So phase three trial usually is huge number of people.
0: Very, very interesting. And all these trials would be overseen by the regulators in these countries, right? Our regulator will also be overseeing the trial in our country. Is that correct?
1: Absolutely. That's right. Every regulator is responsible to ensure that the trial takes place in their own country in a safe manner. It also happens that there is a global trial that a company sponsors it and they sort of monitor how the trial is progressing and they have to give an update to all the regulators on how the trial is progressing. So let's say, for example, if I'm a company and conducting a vaccine trial in South Africa and something goes wrong in South Africa, I have to update regulators in Brazil, in UK, in US because they're part of my global trial on what went wrong.
0: So the UK and Indian regulators have allowed resumption of the AstraZeneca trials, but not the US regulator. Is that correct? That's right. I was very intrigued by the reports that said that the vaccine would be ready by November. How realistic is this estimate?
1: Right. So it's interesting when we asked this to the CEO of RDIF that first he said, of course, the vaccine will be available in November. But what we understand now is that November is when they will be submitting the data and the realistic timeline for the vaccine to come in is end of this year. It still is quite ambitious. I mean, if you ask me, this is my personal opinion, of course, this is quite an ambitious target to have because everybody's throwing around and uh, putting a timeline. So let's see how this goes.
0: Divya, take us through the financial stakes involved here. We saw reports about how if the Serum Institute's bets go wrong, it could be ruinous circumstances for them financially. Here we have a situation where developers and drug companies have invested fairly large sums of money. If one vaccine hits the market early, what are the implications for the other candidates and their investors? Do the others lose out? Or is the case that the world needs so many doses of COVID vaccines that as long as a vaccine is successful, it doesn't have to worry about competition?
1: Right. So this is a very interesting question. When people talk about the financial risk the companies are putting in, we all forget one thing is that COVID vaccines are heavily, heavily sponsored by governments across the world. That's correct. The United States alone has invested close to $10 billion dollars in all these six, seven companies who are developing the vaccine. This is a big commitment that the NIH has made where they have assured milestone payments, which means that when companies move from one step to the other, they will get certain sum. So companies have received anywhere between $500 million to $1 billion. And because the US is funding, they have also ensured that they will get the first doses first. What I feel is that the financial risk for companies is still not as big as they take when they are developing some other commercial products from their own pipeline. This is, of course, they're coming forward to develop something. It is commendable. And something which has happened in the last 10 months, that's a big win for science. We're talking about the pandemic that we all came to know in Jan. And we are here in September and we're already talking about having a vaccine. This is unheard of. This has never happened before. But when it comes to finance, I think... What we need to ask question as, uh, as consumers is that what is going to be the cost? Even though I know Economic Times is a financial newspaper and we look at how much companies are going to benefit from this. The real question here is that the companies are covered up. They have got the money to research. Now the question is that how affordable they're going to make to all those people because they have taken public money. I mean, you can say, of course, they're taking the United States money or somebody else's money but it's a public money on which these vaccines
0: are coming up. Do we have any guidance on what the final price of any of these vaccines might be?
1: So Serum Institute has said that it will price its vaccines at $3 and uh, we don't know if uh, we will require one doses or two doses because there are talks of uh, having two doses to have a longer protection
0: Divya, the picture that is emerging from everything, the, the many insightful comments that you've made today, is one of an incredible global race involving governments, charities, foundations, drug regulators, hospitals, drug companies, and tens of thousands of volunteers who are also assuming significant risk in participating in the vaccine trials. All of this in response to a pandemic that hit us unexpectedly. And we've seen that what would normally take, say, 5 to 10 years We are trying to crunch this into a very, very short period of time. It's an incredible race going on, isn't it? With all these different actors.
1: Absolutely. I think even though we're living in a tragic time, I think most scientists would agree here with this reporter who's covering the pandemic is that this has been an incredible moment of science for science and for scientists who are working around. And this should become like a benchmark. This should not end here where we take COVID as an example to work together for several other infectious diseases which, which kills thousands of people across the world. But what we're seeing right now is an incredible, of course, there is this whole race for getting the vaccine out before everybody else. And countries are sort of competing with each other on who will get the vaccine out first. But on the research side, on the science side, you see companies collaborating together. This has never happened before. And I think we should cheer for science. Despite the gloomy times that we are in, this is a great moment for science.
0: And what about the safety concerns around this vaccine? It's natural to worry that if you're crunching the timeline, the normal development timeline of, you know, five or 10 years to a few months, am I really taking a safe vaccine? What if there are side effects down the line? Is that a valid concern scientifically or uh, people don't need to worry?
1: No, absolutely. Safety remains one of the biggest concerns because uh, we all think that vaccine is going to be a magic bullet to get us out of this current situation. It's not. Usually, it's treatments that saves people's life. Here we are going the other way around. This is a crucial time, September, because it's been almost six, seven months since companies have rushed through their data, rushed through their trial. Now is the time when we will see some solid data coming out on which vaccine works and which do not. So, of course, safety concern is one of the biggest issues for regulators. And that's why you see they also do not want to take chance in terms of very, you know, rashly approving vaccines. You see some of the countries, for example, did give emergency approval. We might see that emergency approval is something, it's like an ethical framework where during a pandemic situation or during an emergency situation, you give an approval to a drug or to a vaccine. And you hope that the companies keep reporting safety profile of how the vaccine or the drug has been taken into
0: the population where it's been given. And, and how many candidates are in the final stage of testing?
1: Oh, Now, the recent data from WHO says there are nine candidates that are in phase three trials. Out of these nine candidates, we have almost four of them that are from China who are in phase three, pre-advanced stage. And the rest is from Europe, U.S. So official data, because as I said, there are there's so many vaccine candidates now. But if you want to look at the phase three, just the phase three ones, we can say around 10 of them.
0: So let's say in December, we have excellent data from one or two trials. Run us through what happens after that. What would the uh, production timeline look like?
1: Sure. So many of the companies that we have been talking to have told us that they are doing at-risk manufacturing, which means they are getting the doses ready. Either ways, even if the vaccine succeeds, does not succeed, they are getting the production running. So when let's assume that if the data comes out and it's a it's a great beta, we will have some shots ready. The question is who gets these shots? What we understand is that there is going to be a priority listing. The essential workers or the healthcare workers will be the first one to get them.
0: And that itself is after we sort out which country gets it, right? First we'll have to sort what country gets it and then who in these countries would the priority groups be?
1: Sure. So this one I'm talking about, say, for example, Serum Institute or even the Dr. Eddie's. I'm talking about best case scenario for India. Even if there's a good data that comes up by December, most of these companies that we we have spoken to tell us that they are doing at-risk production. So there will be some doses available perhaps. Now, we don't know if it's going to be end of December or early 2021, but that few doses which will come, it would be to vaccinate the most essential part of the people. Now, who decides that is a
0: question. In terms of scale, as you rightly pointed out, if we have to manufacture 100 million doses, how long will that take? Um, Is it a matter of months?
1: Serum Institute has said that they can manufacture 400 million doses by the end of this year. That's their target, and it's a publicly stated target. The capacity which these companies have created is huge let's come back to the first question where we started right india is a big pharmaceutical hub we have we have the capacity for manufacturing vaccines injectables which very few countries have across the world so that's our usp the scale and that's why you'll see that for us scaling up will not be a problem and that's why most multinational companies want to come to india to look for partnership because we have over the years created a solid manufacturing capacity, which also, also with significant quality. Of course, you know, we can always keep debating about Indian-made products are not great and so on and so forth. However, we've been, Indian companies have been supplying vaccines to, to Gavi, to WHO for several years. So scale is not going to be a problem. As I said, many companies are already preparing, putting production line in place to scale up in anticipation of an approval.
0: Before I let you go, one last question. Sure. Take us through the Indian candidates and where they stand.
1: Okay. So Indian candidates right now who are already in human trial stage are SIRIM Institute of India. SIDM has partnership with uh, AstraZeneca and U.S. vaccine maker Novavax. Then you have uh, today Dr. Reddy's that announced the tie-up with RDIF. We have Bharat Biotech. These are our domestic, domestic companies who have no tie-up with any international companies. But, so it's Serum, so it's Dr. Eddie's, Bharat Biotech, Zydus Cadila, is already in, again, human trial stage. They are in phase two trial. So these four companies are in phase two, phase three trials. And then you have a whole lot of other companies who are waiting in queue to start their trials. We know there's this company called Genova, which is a Pune-based company, which is developing the first mRNA vaccine. They should be starting their trial sometime in September. We have Biological E who have tied up with Johnson & Johnson who also should be starting their trial sometime this month. So if you put together roughly, we have 10 candidates, our own Indian candidates that should get to trial by the end of this year.
0: That was Divya Rajagopal, ET's pharma and healthcare reporter, who has been covering COVID-19 tirelessly since January. She told us today that if all goes well, the Russian vaccine could be available as early as the end of 2020. She said a successful vaccine might not be quite the panacea we are hoping it could be. And she talked about what an incredible moment for science and global cooperation this race for a vaccine has been. That's it from us today. Hope you enjoyed listening write to us with questions and feedback on the morning brief at Timesgroup.com. You can listen to new episodes of the morning brief on Tuesday, Thursday and Friday every week. This is Digit from the economic Times. I hope you have a nice day ahead Avas.com.